Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. Episode 110 sees the return of Evie Casagrande, strength conditioning coach, um, formerly of Orlando Pride. So it was great to have Evie back on the podcast. And I mentioned to her at the start of the podcast that this is the first guest that completes the hat trick. Um, so it's it's always great to chat to Evie, and I'm sure many many of the listeners follow her work. She came on just to give an update on where she's up to. She's had a lot of things change recently in her career. So she talks through her current situation and um, everything that's changed and, and how we, how she's approaching looking forward. She talks about where her um, focus in terms of CPD has led her to recently. So um, being... Between jobs at the moment, she's had a bit more time to focus on CBD and she talks about some of the things she's been focusing on. She also talks about some reflections from the previous year and obviously we've all been through a number of different challenges this year with everything that's been going on and Evie reflects on that. She also talks about her mindset for this year but also just in general and it's something that's really inspirational as well the way she approaches everything she was very honest with the way she talks about things but I think you can learn a lot from her mindset as well and then she talks about a little bit more specifically on when she was working with the the girls at Orlando Pride keeping the players motivated during the the times of, of COVID and some of the innovative ways um, and methods they used in that time as well so it's always great to talk about those and I said in the episode I I always like to hear some stories from coaches on the way they've approached these times that they don't appear in a textbook so we have to come up and be creative um, in those scenarios so if you haven't listened to previous episodes with Evie as well I do recommend that you do so because there's loads of great information in the previous episode so go back to episode number 42 um, which was called Creative Coaching. So that was with Evie, just um, Evie by herself. But she was also on episode 64 with two other coaches, Julia and Erica. So go and check those out as well. Um, but yeah, massive thank you to Evie for coming back on the podcast. And it was great to catch up with her. And I know she's got some work lined up. Um, and it's really, it's a really exciting time for her as well. So I just want to say a big congratulations to her for sorting everything else that she sorted, which I'm, I'm sure will be revealed very soon as well. Um, just a, a quick update and announcement as well. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, on Monday the 9th of November from 6 till 7 p.m., we will be running our next webinar in association with Physique. Now, we've fluked this in terms of the the timing of the, the current lockdown. We didn't realize we were going to be back into lockdown. But um, this webinar is going to be with Dr. Laura Bowen, first team sports scientist at Southampton. And she's going to be presenting on prevention is cheaper than the cure. So really looking forward to catching up with Laura and seeing her present. So if you want more information on the webinar or you want the link to sign up, it is a free webinar. You can go to our Twitter. The link is all over our Twitter or visit um, Physique Management Twitter as well. But our Twitter, um, if you want to search for it, is at FootballFitFed and just search down our page and the link is there to get yourself registered and signed up. Community members, Football Fitness community members, the webinar will be available on the community 
um, once we have done it. So if you can't join in live, then um, you will be able to access that webinar via our online community. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. It'd be great to see as many on that webinar as possible with Laura Bowen. So I will leave you now to the episode um, with Evie. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. Now, we've not had anyone on the podcast yet that's completed the hat trick, and this is the first guest to do so. And no one more fitting, I don't think. Evie Casagrande, there's been loads going on, and we've yes. just been catching up before we started recording. But thank you for coming back on, and congratulations on the Football Fitness Federation podcast hat trick. Wow, I'm honored, Ben. Thanks so much for. <laughs> inviting me to to come back it's been a long time <laughs> it has it has and when when i was looking back at the episodes obviously your episode by yourself was episode 42 but you're also on episode 64 with erica and julia as well which was a long one but a very detailed one and i, I recommend that people go back and listen to both of the, both of the episodes as well um but how's things with you what's been what's been going on Wow, crazy! A uh, lot of a lot of big changes for me in the last few months. Um, I actually I'm in England right now, so um, moved from Orlando about a month and a half ago, and been jumping Airbnbs, and it's been quite the the year I think for everybody. But this one is definitely gonna make make me good memories and also a lot of anxiety too. But um, yeah, I moved, uh, because of family, uh, things, visa things with, with my wife. So we decided to come to, to Europe because it would be easier for us to build a, a family here, um, in the long term, especially with the visa being two internationals in America was quite hard. Um, but yeah, so it was really last minute too, especially because of COVID, of course, everything, made everything worse in all aspects. Uh, but I think it was a month and a half for us to like, okay, we're gonna go for this, we're gonna do it, let's do it now. Um, and we sold everything that we had in America. Um, everything, like literally we had seven suitcases between the two of us. and. It's this is like our entire life in those seven suitcases, and everything, <laughs> furniture thing. Like it, it was crazy. Um, but we did a good job on selling everything last minute. It was quite a quite emotional to leave Orlando um, with all that happening because um, I had to leave a, a little bit by the end of the season. So, uh, but they always have a place in my heart, and it, I, it was one of the places that I had the most growth professionally and personally. Um, so taking all this to my new, my new adventure here. So hopefully it will be a good one. <laughs> awesome. Well, I know that a lot of people would have watched and followed your work, um, at Orlando. And, uh, I know I certainly do uh, the information. I've said this before on the podcast to you, but the information you put out is absolutely quality. Um, you can see the great work that you do. But I mean, it was funny because episode 42 was, I think you mentioned that that was when you started at Orlando, wasn't it? That was like the first month or so. Yeah, it was super overwhelming because it was like, yeah, it was one of the biggest challenges for me. I think that year, um, just the growth and, and go through the like a self, uh, self-talk self and, and confidence things as a coach. 
to deal with like big personalities and, and a completely different level. Um, but oh my gosh, it was when I look back now, the, the skills that I acquired just by, you know, and not giving up the first year because it got to a point the, at the end of the year that I thought that I was not going to be able to make it uh, just because my mental health was all over the place. And it was all because of my own insecurity. So, um, but I, you know, I said, you know, I'm going to be resilient and I'm going to, you know, develop more skills and be more assertive um, to go to this second season, which with all the COVID thing, it was, it made, made, made it even more interesting, but um, it was awesome. It was awesome to see the growth uh, with the players too and everything that we kind of went through uh, the off season and then the three preseasons and seven months that we had to go through this year. Um, the girls were unbelievable, resilient. Um, I was so proud of them and was able to, to see what they've been through and, and kind of how we together found tools to, to really get through the tough times. It was, it was pretty nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And just we'll dive into that in a second, because I think it'd be great to go into some details on how you handled COVID and everything that's been going on, um, obviously, before you moved. Um, but yeah. just before we do that, Evie, you just want to give us just a brief, because I know we, we talked about it in episode 42, you gave a, a great background on yourself yeah. and where you've been in that. But for anyone that hasn't listened to those episodes yet, or possibly not followed any of your work as of yet, um, do you want to just give a, a, just a real brief background on yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm originally from Brazil. So I came, I actually went to the, the US in 2010 um, with a soccer scholarship. I played Division One soccer at Bowling Green State University and had the dream to be a doctor at the time and, and uh, play professional in Europe. Things change, of course, and it's never the way we wanted to, to be. Uh, but I actually was glad that changed to a, a different route. So um, Stayed there for four years, my, doing my bachelor's, and then I moved across the country to California with my 1997 car, just because I wanted to see what what was you know what I really wanted to do. Um, and then from there, I worked in five different jobs in California in hospitals. And I was studying for the MCAT, and then I'm like, Evie, you can't afford medical school as an international student without actually having debt for life, uh, and I didn't want that, so. And I miss the sport. I, I at the time I was kind of um, practicing and, and playing really hard to try to go to Europe professionally to play. I played in Brazil professionally, but I really wanted to go to Europe and got a sports agent that stole my money. And I'm like, you know, that's probably a sign that I need to find a different thing. And and in 2015, I um, a sports psychologist I had when I played because I had a lot of confidence problems as as a player. Uh, she was the director of a program, a, a kinesiology program in Bowling Green, uh, and she invited me to, to apply for the master's program, and it was a perfect thing for me, a, a year off my bachelor's and, and now wanting to explore a different route, um, so I did it. I actually spent a little bit of time in Brazil because my visa was about to expire, so I stayed there for five, six months, and then was able to go to to the end of 2015 to Bowling Green again and do my master's. Uh, so I, I fell in love with the, the program and was able to be a sports performance volunteer at first at, at the team that I played. And then from there, I, I had a part-time position there as a sports performance coach, which is the best thing for me to, 
learn the theory and apply. And I had the freedom and, and the trust from the coaches to really apply everything that I was learning. Um, and then in the meantime, in two years of my master's, I did a bunch of internships, mentorships across Europe and uh, with Arsenal, Aston Villa, and then Exos, uh, which shaped, started shaping a little bit of my philosophy as a coach and which it's always changing nowadays. So, um, but yeah, I stayed there two years and then 2018, I got my first real job as a director of sports performance in a uh, youth athletic training facility, Redline. So drove an hour from Bowling Green, went to Michigan, um, Farmington Hills, stayed there for a year and a half. And that was amazing year of growth and developing my leadership skills and develop a really cool internship program there where I have all my interns now uh, doing their thing all around the world, which makes me super proud. But, um, and then I started doing work with the US Soccer uh, Federation as a sports scientist network prof professional sports scientist with the youth national team. So I would do some camps uh, during the year. Um, and then the opportunity came to go to Orlando. Um, I applied for that position. It was my kind of dream job. Um, and I made it and it was, it was quite, a, quite a change from going, you know, from red line as a youth training center and kind of just working with the youth to now being able to work with the professional and, and it was amazing experience stay there until uh, last month. Um, so yeah, definitely a crazy journey so far, stayed about 11 years of 10 years and a half in, in the US and now starting my journey here in, in the other side of the, the world. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're, we're glad to have you Evie as well. Um, but I think any coach is listening to this, especially young practitioners or, or possibly practitioners starting out in any, any of their journeys should li listen intently to what you've said there because it's not been smooth, has it? It's been, there's been yeah. constant sort of battles and, like just the, the sheer moving around that you've had to do so far, like you traveled across the world, like to seek these opportunities and you've took these gambles, but like this, this is what coaches have to do. But on the back of that as well, we spoke just before we started recording, it's probably an area that isn't talked about. Is it that a coach's private life, family life is huge. And yeah. um, the, the sacrifice that some coaches make in that yeah. regard like is is pretty intense isn't it so do you want to just touch on that because i know i know you spoke about that before we started recording i think it's really important for coaches to hear yeah no it is and i think i mean i'm i'm pretty young i'm 29 and um i've been in this field for six years now and um for me i think there's a lot of pressure um as a field to be to work 24 hours, to be available 24 seven for athletes, which I, I was, I really thought that was the case, uh, especially when I started. Um, and then being able to really sacrifice everything for the field, right? And which you have to do some sacrifice. I did like, otherwise I would stay, I would have stayed in Brazil with my family. Um, I left everybody there and then came, uh, went to the US and, starting from zero and and again i'm here in england starting from uh scratch again with mm -hmm. nothing but my suitcases but um but it's really interesting because um i i had a lot of mental health uh issues with being a coach and being through all this crazy you know 
changes. And I think a lot of a lot of the time we put too much pressure and say, you know, we need to do everything and sacrifice everything for the job, which I, I think there are some sacrifices you have to do. But for me, family is such a big, important part. Uh, there's a time that you have to to kind of, you know, balance things out a little bit. And I think for me to leave a place where I was um, had a really secure job and have everything like, you know, to come to the unknown, it was really exciting because I was finally able as a coach to be like, oh, wow, I'm actually, this is a, a personal growth for me to be able to, mm. you know, uh, look at my family and say, we, I'm doing this mostly for my family. And, and it, it gives me a lot of, um, it's good for me. And I, I think I'm, I'm happy because of that. Um, but it's just, I think the pressure, it's always like, no, you have to sacrifice everything you do but it has time for everything right and for me there is a time that i had to to say you know i need to you know you know prioritize my family and prioritize our new life and 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 it's hard i mean i for me it was super emotional because i had you know especially a really big connection with orlando and the players and and the, the club itself um and america because that's where i i I actually, you know, grew as a, a professional and as a person and gave me all the, the tools to be where I'm at right now. But yeah, it's always the, I, I'm always excited to get out of my comfort zone. So this is like actually exciting for me to, because that's, I know that's going to be another growth opportunity. Um, and I don't see as like, I'm losing something. Uh, I, I feel like it's, it's just the beginning of more growth. And I think coaches need to understand that sometimes like, your roadmap is never going to be as perfect as you want it to be. And it's going to be different routes. I, I call the back roads, right? Cause yeah. when you go to your GPS, you, you always go to the best route, right? Like this is the best route is like less time and it's the known road. Um, but then when you go to the back road, sometimes it can be scary. And I, I remember like, actually my, um, when I moved from Michigan to Orlando, we actually had GPS on and we took a back road and I completely lost signal of my phone. And I'm like freaking out. I'm in this U-Haul with my family, with my dog freaking out. Uh, and it's dark, there's no lights. And then finally I, we like, we were able to like, okay, we're okay, we're, we're fine. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like an analogy of that kind of, yeah. the back roads can actually lead to even better places. And I think that's where, um, we can't be afraid to, to kind of go through that, um, experience and not, not a lot of times you're just going to get to known places where you're going to have, you know, control of everything. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a really, a really crazy journey so far. <laughs> no, I love that analogy with, with like the, the sat nav and the taking the back road. I think that's awesome. And one thing that stood out to me there, Evie, is, um, diving into your mindset because I know this is where a lot of coaches will struggle because they get to a period where they're like, oh, well, I could take a gamble and whether it be move cities, countries, clubs, whatever. But there's always that doubt, that little bit of doubt, isn't it? That, oh, what if? What if this happens? What if this happens? And you said there about have, being excited for the opportunity to come here. Mm -hmm. and um, realizing that there's an opportunity for growth as well. But how easy do you find that in terms of like your, 
your psychology and your mindset in that regard? It takes a lot of work. I think the, the I don't know how many times I meditate through the day. <laughs> Just to kind of like, uh, yeah, my wife actually, she's, she's going to give me a meditation on my, uh, our new place, which I'm excited for that. Brilliant. No, but I think it's, it's our, we need to know, um, sometimes it's just hard to kind of go through the unknown, right? And, and I think for me, what, what helped me the most is like, okay, I've, you know, kind of let go from the past because sometimes it's hard that you're like, oh, I, you know, I left Orlando and I, I miss everything, which it's hard. But um, during this a month and a half, where I had a lot of time to reflect because I was in an Airbnb, like three different Airbnbs and just waiting for things to happen, waiting for documentation and everything is kind of not going the right way. Like we're having like problems with everything, finding an apartment and like dog is freaking out. My dog had to go to Belgium first to go to, to come to England. So had a lot of time to reflect and just realize, you know, what can we control at this at this point like what can i control is all right i've never i probably never gonna have a month and a half or two months to actually you know pay attention and focus on other cpd opportunities so mm. now i'm like being able to talk to coaches to um get uh, i got a like a kind of mentorships professional development to young coaches so i've been learning a lot through that and like teaching and learning a lot from that um and then doing other stuff that i never had the time to do when i was you know full-time um and just seeing the the bright side of it and and kind of paying a lot of attention to mental health um finding different tools to get me to a better place and and that way i can teach athletes the same tools so i've been doing a lot of breathing protocols and how that affects my sleep patterns and, and all my heart rate variability stuff and, and um, meditating. How can I find ways to, cause my mind works at a thousand miles an hour. And it's, for me, it's really hard to stay still. Always been hard for me to stay still and not do anything. So I'm just enjoying and embracing the calmness of what it is right now, which mm. I don't think I'll ever be able to, well, it's hard part of actually have that time back you know so really bring being grateful for being healthy and you know having the opportunity to do, to do that and even i know it's a big change but being able to go across the pond and 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 actually bring my family with me and and kind of start start from like from zero again uh so it's it's a great opportunity to to self-reflection and and just seeing the bright things because uh, i think there's a lot of i think the gra gratitude part is has been huge for me this year because we'll never know like who who knew that you know from one day to the other we would not be like interacting with people anymore mm -hmm. the way we were before and we never know when we're gonna get anything back right so i think it's just is just embracing that and 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 being grateful every day for being healthy and kind of especially with the the state of the world right now with the politics with black lives matters and everything that's going through like it's crazy that that our what our world is going through so i think it's really important for us to really get that time to self-reflection and find ways to to really embrace that and kind of how to get the most out of it you know
and drives change and drive, you know, in a, in a positive way. So definitely a time of reflection for sure. I think that's a great point. And I think every coach will be able to relate to that in some way, shape or form, because this year, like you said, you've, you've had your time since leaving Orlando, but everyone at some point this year with all the lockdowns and everything that's been in place has basically had time where they've not had, I mean, some will argue that they have been busier than ever, but um, I'm talking the majority people have had time to reflect. And, and I think it's really important that process of reflection. And we spoke about it back in an episode with Liam Anderson. Coaches don't do it. We don't do it enough. Do we, we don't look at, we don't reflect on things. We're not critical in like, a positive way of, of what we're doing and how we can amend things. Yeah. I think we get, it's really easy to get lost in the craziness of the daily life. Right. And I think I, I've, I've really got to know that when I came to England, I think, cause I've been being able to like, just sit and reflect and like go to nature and like enjoy nature. Mm. Like, and sometimes we forget about that because we're always, you know, we're always, doing stuff for our athletes but we forget about ourselves which is crazy right and it's really hard for us to to kind of um do the things that we preach to our athletes so mm-hmm. i think it's 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 definitely a, a big uh priority that i've been having like it's having a time twice a day to just walk and just be out away from my phone and kind of like okay can i enjoy this view for five minutes and kind of just you know and I never had the, ch- unfortunately, it's not, did not really have the chance to do that the last few years where I just, I was just too stuck in um, work and, and the expectations and the pressure that comes with the job. And you just forget about those little things, which, you know, we shouldn't. So I think this time actually should be a good time for, for us coaches to reflect that and to really, you know, start taking time to ourselves too, which is extremely important. Yeah, we spoke about that in detail on episode 64 and the girls were on as well, um, yeah. that it's so important that how can we be effective as coaches when we're, and we're not fit for the job and whether that be physical, but I'm thinking more sort of mentally and if we're not fit and healthy, like how yeah. can we have such a big impact on our players or our athletes? We're not going to be as effective, are we? No, and I remember even when I, I was like my busiest time uh, with my job. I was not even being able to like establish a routine of working out. And I would, I would blame it on the, my routine, but it was, it was all me. Like I I could have like go earlier and and do it. Um, But it's just, it, I felt not confident about me not being physically active as a, you know, a performance coach just my energy, like with the athletes and they, they know, like my athletes knew when I was completely, you know, uh, stressed and probably didn't get enough sleep because of stress, they knew right away. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I think the biggest thing for us, like we the athletes know the athletes is know exactly how you feel and, and they get that vibe from you. And that's actually really important for them. You know, if, if you, you know, kind of get that different vibe, they're going to be affected too. Mm. So I think it's really important. We, I think we sometimes forget how much impact we can actually make in, in our players every day, just by bringing the energy, connecting with them. And as soon as we don't do it because we are not good with ourselves, then 
it's right away. They, they, they get it right away. And then what about some habits or lessons that you've taken when you get when you go into the next opportunity? What so you've reflected a lot on like, oh, I possibly should have been doing this, whether it be training or whatever it is. What are some things, if you're happy to discuss it, what are some things that you think you'd focus on and make like non-negotiables for yourself? Yeah, I think the, the mental health part is like always having one time of the day where I can go with my family for a walk and I completely get out of that uh, social media world and phone world um, and meditate at least five, 10 minutes just to get everything out of my mind because my mind always is, you know, um and just you know be grateful every day i think we forget it's really easy to get into autopilot and in your everyday role and and you're always like oh there's always going to be tomorrow but you might not have right and i think going to that mindset of always have like a gratitude journal it's been really helping actually mm. to kind of like what happened today that i'm really grateful for and i think that helps a lot with with my with just my mentality going to work and going, you know, attacking everything and, and, and just kind of, and I think that the biggest thing is there's always a much bigger picture than your job and your, your stress from day to day, right? There's always a bigger picture is. Um, so I think thinking that it helps me to kind of like, okay, how can I develop skills that I can not actually get, you know, completely stressed with everything that's going on how how do i channel that which in the past i didn't have a good good way to do it and um and i struggle with that um so now i'm more able to channel that through doing yoga through breathing protocols because i know that helps a lot mm-hmm. um so just just i think that's for, that's going to be my non-negotiables for myself i'm sure you've taken plenty from the first part of this podcast with evie Um, But I just wanted to give a couple of community updates for our online community. So we've uploaded a new webinar onto our online community from Academy Sports Scientist at Celtic, Oliver Morgan. And Oliver has presented a webinar for us on long-term athlete development and creating a successful academy culture. And I've watched this webinar a few times now, and it's it's a must watch for anyone working in the academy setting but also anyone working with youth players. Um, It's absolutely brilliant. There's loads of takeaways in it. So you can go and check out a preview of the webinar on our YouTube. So if you search Football Fitness Federation on YouTube, you can go and watch a preview of the webinar there. But if you want to watch the full webinar and access all of our other webinars and presentations, and there's over 30 hours of content on there now, you can go onto our online community. You can get a free month on our online community by going to footballfitfed.com. Click the community tab at the top and then sign up there. Go through the full registration. That will give you one month free. And then after your free month, it is only £4.99 per month going forward as well. And we've got loads of webinars upcoming. And when we can get our network meetings back going again, you will get the presentations from the network meetings available on the community too. So I mentioned at the start of the podcast as well, on Monday the 9th of November, 6 till 7pm. So depending on when you're listening to this, um, it it might be coming up or it might have already been. But we have a webinar with Dr. Laura Bowen, 
first-team sports scientist at Southampton, and she is presenting on Prevention is Cheaper Than the Cure. And this webinar will also be available on the community as well. So if you can't access it live on Monday the 9th of November at 6 o'clock, then if you join our community, you will be able to get access to that full webinar as well with Laura Bowen. Anyone that's heard Laura speak before, I'm sure will know the quality um, and how good that webinar will be. So you can go and check it out. Um, if you're already a member of the community, just log in and you will be able to access Oliver's presentation, which I'm sure a lot of the members have already watched. But if you're not a member, head over to footballfitfed.com, uh, football click the community tab, sign up there and you will get one month free access onto the online community. So it'd be great to have you involved. But I'll leave you to part two of the podcast with Evie Casagrande. And one thing you mentioned there, the gratitude journal. I used to, I used to hear people talk about this years ago and I'd be like, oh, what a load of rubbish. Like, what a load of like cliche, blah, blah, blah. But I started doing it probably about a year and a half ago. Just mm-hmm. three things at the end of each day that you're grateful for. And it could be anything, can't it? Like it might be, well, any, absolutely anything, the health of your family or whatever it is. But it does just give you that time to actually sit and think. And sometimes you'd be like, might take you a bit longer to come up with some stuff than others. Yeah. Some stuff might come to you really quickly. But I do encourage people to do it because if you haven't and you do think exactly what I thought, like what a load of rubbish, like it's not going to make a difference. It does. It, it genuinely does. It really does. I, I actually, I'm, crazy about notebooks I love notebooks so I, I went to a store and I got this really cool one page daily journal which is like your daily goal your gratitude how was your day today okay moderate and and it was really good for me to prioritize things as I said like our minds go 100 times an hour 100 miles an hour and I think for me especially I get distracted really easily like okay I have to do this but then I have to do this and then I I get lost so like writing things down and I, I talk with, with like the, the coaches that are just starting now, like to have a journal of not only like the gratitude journal, but like your own journal as a coach to like when the practice ends and before I go home, I have a word document, a calendar where I always say, okay, this is what we did today. This is exactly the training, the minutes, everything. But apart from that, this player told me about this. I, mm. I think she's a little off. Uh, anything that we see as a coach, because I think it's really easy to get lost on the technology where we always like checking numbers and we forget what's in front of us. And I think that's something that I develop as helped me tremendously. Just knowing my players just by, you know, how they do in the warm up, like in terms of uh, body language and always in my journal, because I can always go back to it. I, I, I can go back to last year. Every single day I have notes from that. Um, and it's really cool because it's kind of like your portfolio of things that you've done and but also how you solve problems and, and how, how you helped your players to go through specific things that are not really uh, directed to their performance on the field. So I think that holistic way to, to see things has been really cool for me to just write things down. Um, and note things that we're probably not seeing if we're not really pay attention to everything that's going around. Well, that's exactly what it makes you do as well, isn't it? It makes you switch yeah. on and, and pay attention to everything that is going on. 
I think that's yeah. a great point. And if, if coaches don't do that, like I, I think that would be a great addition to a coaching practice because, yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, it would make you a lot more present. We've spoke about it before, about coaches hiding behind laptops and stats and all the rest of it. And don't get me wrong, there's a, definitely a place for it. Um, yes. But we need to remember that personal side, don't we? We need to remember the coaching side. 100%. I think that's the most important, especially during this these times now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think from, from my perspective with COVID and how we we approach training in lockdown, it was 90% mental, uh, you know, everything, how, how to get, because I talked about, I talk about this all the time. If you're, if you're have mental fatigue and you have overload of information with the world, where, where it is and all, all the stuff that's going around, you're not going to be able to perform at your best. And mm-hmm. you can, do, you can be the best coach ever to do the best programming physically there's going to be a point there's there's a you know diminished return right like you're not gonna get exactly our sustainable result because your athlete is not feeling good here Mm. so i think that was extremely crucial for me this year to kind of see the other side of things and i'm way more than a physical uh preparation coach like it's all about the connections i think a big friend of mine, a mentor, Daniel Guzman, he, he's putting a lot of work um, on Twitter about this stuff and how connecting with your players, it's like we always, as coaches, people think the number one rule, right? It's don't connect with your players at a personal level. Don't talk about your personal life to it. And I think the opposite happened. Mm. As soon as the more I connected to my players, the more I got to know them, you know, sit down for a coffee, see what they're going through the more buy-in, the more you know that player and you can help them way better, you know? Mm. And I think that's something that sometimes we forget about um, to really bridge that connection. I think that's the most important part, especially in COVID, um, really helped me to see that. Yeah, awesome. And then the perfect segue into COVID, (laughs) when we we got... um, Put into lockdown, like the the changes. So you mentioned about the girls going through three preseasons in seven months. So do you want to just give us a bit of a, a rundown on what happens? Like, because obviously everyone's going to experience some sort of lockdown um, of yeah. some sort, but they might not know too much about the exact specifics of like Orlando and or the states. So um, do you want to just give us a bit of a rundown of, of how it went about but then also how you adapted things to go forward yeah I think it was cool because it's kind of like the same approach that I've been having right now that I talk, talk to you about you know seizing this as a, seeing this as an opportunity to get better at something else and I think that's exactly the approach that I took when we went to lockdown and I think a lot of a lot of our players were pretty frustrated because everybody was so ready for this preseason everybody was like top shape, top confidence level. Like there, we, we had it all figured out. Right. And then, um, and then soon that COVID hits and I'm like, okay, how can we build that motivation and, mm-hmm. and look at this as an opportunity. And I think for me, it's like, okay, how can we best prepare physically and mentally to be the best that we can. Right. We have the lockdown. That means fitness wise, we're able to get the best gains ever because we're not going to have training to impact with the, the probability of getting injured. Right. So if I, I did a, 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 a thing, I'm like, okay, I put a plan together and I say, okay, we're going to, you're going to hit hard uh, in the fitness aspect, but also being able to use this time 
to just give players new tools. And, 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 and for us was like, um, I'm going to add different ways for them to get different tools. So breathing protocols. So I, I did a bunch of breathing protocols where like, okay, this workout today, you have to do this exercise, only nasal breathing. And then just give a, a different stimulus and a different approach to things. I had a, a lot of like weekly challenges where there's like a single leg challenge. I think it was uh, from JB Moore and uh, a video that he posted about foot stability and strength. And there's a challenge that you go with one, one. Uh, foot oh, I tried that. Out. That was, yeah, so that was hard, ridiculous. Right? Yeah. So on your Instagram, I tried yeah. it. Yeah. And I, and I put that as a, as a, as a, as a challenge for the girls and they always had to send me the video of it. And they loved it because this is something new and it's completely like different and it's a challenge and you're trying to get them to, to, you know, compete. Um, I did a TikTok challenge cause I knew they were all about TikTok and I, I found like the TikTok dance routine with some planks and stuff. And I told them like, whoever do it best will win. Uh, so I did that. Um, we did a lot of Zumba teams workout which was my favorite one so we did like a 70s workout I think you probably saw on, on I did see that as well, yeah but it's just a way for people to just completely forget about what's going on and just mm. like be themselves we had a lot of new players on the roster and they a lot of players did not even see each other and got to meet each other because of COVID so it was a way for them to connect and, and kind of it was great because the team took it so well in terms of like they're just being themselves and they took it all by heart like they were you know dressing as as best as I could see and and I brought some yoga we had meditation and mindfulness uh, one of our own players Erin she actually just released a high performance mindfulness program yesterday and it was key for us because we had players that hated hated mindfulness but we kind of like, you know, this is only five minutes to 10 minutes that I want you out of your phone and just to relax. And people started loving it and, and it became a routine for everybody to do it. Um, we would go like when we came back for, for our second preseason, we, we started playing around with mindfulness um, based on the, the, the competition that we're gonna go, where we're gonna have a lot of uh, games back to back. So I played around with like doing an explosive workout um, in the gym and then them going straight to the locker room to do a mindfulness right after explosive workout where like you're completely like you're you're wake up like you wake up and you're ready to go but you have to go to, to a mindfulness state like a, a meditate meditation state because we knew that we're going to have games really late at night and they had to have strategies to go kind of to to a better sleep hygiene and late games so we started working out with that so people like so players were, were getting used to how to slow it down and not be on their phones like 30 minutes before bed and and all that stuff and just develop those things and i think the biggest thing that i actually was able to do and i i, I learned that a lot in my master's program at the self-determination theory, right? Of the, the theory of mot motivation, where is the autonomy, competence and relateness and how those three can really increase motivation. And I had one of my mentors, Shane Malone, he, he was a key for me to, to develop myself as a, a coach uh, in the last two years. And, and we came with a bunch of really cool tools to, to get. So like autonomy, 
we instead of me giving the the workouts for them to do every day i changed and i did like a a, a running catalog with different colors you have to choose you choose whatever run that you want to do um and i of course educated them what would be the best runs to do and if you're a, a, a forward or outside back these are the runs that i would recommend more but they loved it because it's, it's kind of like them having the right to choose things and you know calling them face timing them all the time seeing how they're doing more a lot of players struggle more than others with with being locked down mm. and always you know um having them feel that they are part of our team that they're part of something it's not just like so offering that support i think it was really important um so they did amazing i think um we're always trying to to kind of focus on things that we could control and how can we get better at, at things and use that as an opportunity to to be better so physically they were outstanding like they were the best because they follow the program and we're we're all you know they're all hungry and um but then we had the unfortunate news that we had to withdraw from the the tournament uh which was terrible i think for all of us uh coaches and, and players but then again coming back to the third preseason they they were focused again and always you know trying to find the 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 one thing the silver lining right the the the, the good thing that they can get out of that situation they all i think are going to be way stronger uh mm. mentally and physically from that um but definitely was a way for me to develop a, a creative way to do things and, and kind of mental health being the first priority, you know, and, and the other things would come with it because they would be in a better mindset to continue doing their physical training. Yeah. Brilliant. So do you think your, your role with the players then shifted a bit? So if we, if we take your role and I know there's much more to what you've worked with a player than physical performance coach or SNC coach, but do you think it shifted more to like sort of mentor, possibly even like friend in that period, just to, to get them through it? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like I've, I've developed so many group relationships with our players because just to get to know them and just to, you know, sit down and say, what's going on? Like, how can I help? And why don't you try this, you know, and see if it works. And, Developing that trust it, for me was extremely important to to really get that other side of coaching that you know I've always had. But it's with those situations, it's it's even better for you to really uh, practice that right and how mm -hmm. to to really use that to to help players. So I think definitely shifted a lot a lot because I was way more flexible with everything going on. There's a there's days that you know, for, for certain players, I'm like, take it easy. You know, don't, don't, don't worry about this. Uh, we'll, we'll do another session tomorrow because they're not feeling good. So go take, go for a nap, go do something fun and, and, and we'll revisit next day, you know, mm -hmm. so being flexible and, and kind of understanding that those limitations are extremely important. Awesome. I love speaking to coaches about this period. And I know it's been really challenging and I don't want to um, I do want to put a positive spin on it, but I do realize at the same time, it's been very tough for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but speaking to coaches like yourself and seeing some of the things that have been put into programs and the way that coaches have just completely changed like the approach. I think it's really fascinating because like all the stuff that you've done 
there with the girls. I mean, that's a, it's amazing all the Zumba and all the TikTok videos and stuff. I don't think you realize how powerful that can be, can it, with, with the players? Because at that time, if you're strict, strictly getting your SNC textbook out and you're going, mm -hmm. well, we're going to develop whatever it is and we're going to do these programs at this time and all the rest of it, like, it in a way, the te textbook needs to go out the window, doesn't it? We need to just yeah. adapt like you've done and realize, and you've used, a, you've used, I've wrote it down, you've used the phrase a few times, what, what I can control, take advantage of what I can control. And right. that's exactly the point isn't it in that period yeah it is and i it's crazy how how it i think as a coach like we always stuck with the ideas like best prioritization models what are the best like yearly plan that i'm gonna do that's gonna be straight i think it's important to build a skeleton and know what you're gonna do but after this year, I'm like, you know, there's way more important things to, to take into consideration with your with your physical program that it's no textbook uh, or master's or bachelor's program ever teaches you, which is mm. how to interact with people and how to, you know, even navigate through our field, which is there's so much going on, you know, there's all all the pressure and and, and for me, especially my first year in Orlando, like how to fit in within a, a staff, you know, like how, and I always talk about this with my, my female young coaches that I, I'm kind of talking about, like, because there's a lot of people that even said, you know, I don't want to, as a female coach, I don't want to be in the college setting because I know as a female coach is really hard. It's like, it's just really hard to get into. Um, and I think we need to flip that mindset, especially as, as a female coach, like, like sometimes it's our own securities. Like for me, it was my own security. And I was like, oh, I'm the, the only female in my guys staff and that sucks. And like, no, like it's, it's my own security and I need to get better at being assertive and seeing, I know what I'm doing and that, that confidence and that respect from others will come with it. Um, so I think, And I develop my own confidence in a way that, you know, I take charge because I know what I'm doing. And, and it's my Evie from the first year was super stressed and super afraid of actually showing and, and demanding things. And, and that made a difference that that's why I struggle so much, because instead of dealing with the problem, being better at it, I just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm a female coach and it's a, mm. and and I think we definitely need to change that, that talk, that self-talk. And we need to kind of find ways to be confident. And yeah, I, I threw the female coach out there just because it was a big thing for me in the first year. Mm. I think that was a big learning, learning experience um, that we need to be better and, and just teaching ourselves to be more assertive in, in certain ways. Yeah. And that relates really nicely with the episode I did with Dawn Scott. Yeah. Uh, who you both have mentioned the importance of like mentors and you spoke about it a little bit more on the previous episode we did um, in episode 42. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's so important. And we, we get quite a lot of messages from young female practitioners and asking to get other females on the podcast because they want to hear from people like yourselves and um, like these messages and these um, sort of conversations need to happen more because um, yeah. it's really important, isn't it? And 
I think it, I think coaches would need to understand that it's normal to think that way as well. That if you are yeah. the only female in a staff, it is it is normal to think that way. But it's like you just said, you've got to switch it, and like you said all the way through, you've got to switch it into a positive, and then and see the room for growth. Exactly, and I think mentors, as you said, I think they're extremely important because they they provide you a different perspective and they provide you a different. Uh, lens that sometimes you don't have because you just all you've been taught was this and the field says this the pressure of the society tells you this but hey it's actually a different way to do things and mm. I tried this on why don't you try it too mm. um, so kind of having role models or having people that you can look up to and kind of ask those questions I think it's extremely helpful and I think I'm trying to pass it on to uh, young female coaches and young coaches in general um, just kind of like those things that you can only teach because you've been through it and, yeah. and you went through it and you found ways that work with you. And it's, and it's never the right or wrong thing, right? It's just how it worked for me. Maybe it will work for you. Yeah. And maybe you'll find a better way to do it. You know, maybe you, you use that, but find your own twist. And I think that's coaching in general. I think people on Twitter, and I think I'm trying to not be too much on Twitter anymore because there's so much judgment there and i think mm. people forget about you know people do things differently and it's it, it's a right or wrong there's principles that we can we we need to, to follow but bottom line you don't know the context of each coach's environment or players you know so i think it's it's this kind of pressure that i see that a lot on the coaches that are just starting now mm -hmm. you can see really clearly that they are afraid to show what they really believe in because they're afraid of judgment from other coaches and from other people around in our field. And instead, I just gotta, you know, the only way you can you learn is if you, if you do it and if, if it's not, it's a mistake, then you will learn from it. Right. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And I think my philosophy, I, like people ask, Oh, what's your philosophy? I'm always changing. I don't have a philosophy. It depends on the coach that I work depends on the, the team that I work with and the people that are involved. And I think that I, there's a lot of things from when I talk to you first that I might not follow anymore the same principles when I first started because I evolved mm -hmm. and I, I saw different ways to do it. But I don't think there's never like a right or wrong. It's just a self-discovery, right, as a coach. Yeah, and that, that's the important message because at the same time, coaches, young coaches, or again, coaches starting out on the journey, they have to go through these struggles as well, don't they? Like you can tell yeah. them, you can give them your experiences. I went through this in this situation and then they can learn from that, but they still need to go through these hardships because then that's what develops you, isn't it? I suppose it's just yeah. the mindset like yourself to yeah. set in two, three, four, five, time, uh, five years time, yeah. your approach might be different, but that's fine because it's obviously, yeah. you've obviously learned something along the way. Yeah. And I think that there's a, some, there's an intern of mine um, the last couple of years that I, you know, she was asking if she could stay like one more year being an intern. And, um, and she was like in a good place to kind of go ready to, to go to a different role but I always talk to my my coaches uh the young coaches that you guys need to find a role that you are in charge of something and that if that's a, a U9 
team around the corner that where the place you live, you do it and you coach and you start coaching because that's how you're going to develop. If you're always just interning and going and just shadowing, you're never going to learn what what's the real thing about coaching, right? Because you're you're just watching things and you're like, this is the way to do it. But um, I encourage people to just go out there and just, and I always say that, us as coaches we always have that big dream that big job that sometimes we get obsessed with it and we forget to be the best that we can where we at right mm -hmm. so I think like for me that's what helped me so much when I flipped that mindset when I was at Bowling Green as a as a volunteer sports performance coach I was like yeah I do have big aspirations but if I'm not good right now nobody's gonna get me to yeah. to go to that place right so I so I developed like, okay, I'm going to be the best that I can. And I did a lot of things ahead of the game that like a lot of programs in college at that time was not doing because I'm like, I want to be ahead and I want to be the ahead of the game and be the best that I can be to help this team. And then consequently things are going to come and are going to work out and I'll get to the, the place that I want to be. So I think that as a coach, I think it was, it's really important to just, you know, embrace where you are and then just be the best that you can there and and, if, and be in charge like even if it's um a small team you need to be in charge to know how to deal with uh, those things and make decisions and learn with your mistakes and and sometimes that's part of the journey too yeah it's except accepting the fact that those people that are in the roles that you want to end up in have been through the journey theirs might be a little bit different they might have worked with slightly different groups or teams or whatever but they've still gone through some sort of challenges haven't they and so you you have to do the same thing but I think you're right and that ties into what we said about before about sort of being present and yeah. and getting away from behind hiding behind laptops and stats and all the rest of it like that ties in perfectly with that too doesn't it exactly yeah there's way more to it right and it's and it's that, that's the, the beauty of our field I think it's just being able to throw yourself out there and, and not be afraid to try new things and and hear other perspectives and always talk to other coaches, but not in a place of judgment, but also seeing different perspectives and different point of views and seeing, understanding different contexts. Yeah, awesome. Now, would you, just before we go on to um, some quick fire, Evie, we're just gonna, I just wanted to ask about your CPD. So I know in this time you've been really productive and uh, obviously you've had the move and everything else going on, but I know you've been super busy in terms of, progressing as a practitioner as well and taking advantage of this time so um do you want to just give us a, a little rundown on where you've been focusing uh, your study yeah so um i'm going through the altus need for speed uh course which is uh, i contributed a small piece of it and it's it's been amazing because they they're they do so good and educating and, and kind of the, the, the stuff that they put out there it's unbelievable um so I've been you know being really patient with that because I don't it, it's there's so much information that it's like uh, I want to like really spend some time um on that um also I I'm finishing this week a pre and postnatal certification a coaching certification that I've I've always wanted to to get it done um just because I you know I had the experience of coaching uh, athletes that went through pregnancy and, and it has just been a crazy and amazing journey to, to learn 
different ways to do things. And so I'm finishing that today and uh, this week, and I'm excited about that. And other than that is just, I've been just reading stuff and kind of, uh, you know, uh, talking to my mentors all the time and like, give me stuff to, to read. And, you know, um, I, I just love connecting with other coaches too and sharing that information with them. And, um, and again, learning a lot through that mentorship set, uh, program that I put out, put out and more as like a CPD. Cause all the time, like when my, my students and the coaches come and say, okay, I have this and this athlete, how can we, you know, collaborate to, to solve this problem. And I, I have to always go and do more research. And so that gets me so much better too on, on my, my skills. So, yeah, so it's been a really cool time for me to just, you know, learn more and continue. I, I don't stop. Like I hate not reading and stuff like that. So it's been cool. Brilliant. Right. We'll move on to um, quick fire. Cause I, I'm, wary of time i know you've got to go and um see the new place shortly so um yeah yeah, we'll move on to this so these are just a few questions that obviously diving into you a little bit more and go into as much detail or as little detail as you want but and i know this first one's going to be tough for you because you might have a a list as long as you're on but who are some of the biggest influences on your career so far um there's so many i think um my biggest role models, I think that, that helped me as, as a female role model, I think been Don Scott and I think Ellie Mabry, they, they really helped me kind of go through and navigate through that world. And, and I think my big, biggest mentor is uh, Ben Ashworth, uh, always guiding me to with every decision that I make in the field and, and, you know, his big friend, uh, Kelly Storette, um, Shane Malone has been amazing kind of guiding me through developing my philosophy and kind of seeing different ways to do things. And, um, Dan Pfaff, Dan Pfaff has been a huge, huge friend and, and, and mentor because we always get into big discussions of, you know, um, little things and then he sends me a bunch of articles to read and i love it uh, i have a a, a a separate folder just for that just to kind of you know um yeah there's so many people you know i knew so i knew you struggled from narrow this one down <laughs> yeah, so hard because you know uh, there's so many different coaches that you know impact me so so much in my in my career but uh yeah those those ones for sure they're they've been with me since day one and, and they've helped me to, to, to be the best that I can. And then next one, what's your biggest strength as a coach? Uh, I think, I think the biggest thing for me, I, it's, it's being able to see things more uh, apart from the, the data and the numbers and just, knowing the, the 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 player and knowing you know what kind of brings the fire in them i have a good intuition sometimes on like really knowing what to, like what gets to them on in, in a good way um and developing that relationship because i think it was being through uh, a career like as a as a, a as a professional semi-pro kind of college player i've you know, I've been through a lot of things that 
sometimes I'm able to help young, uh, young players on, especially on the confidence part, the mental aspect of it, since I struggled so much and I had to develop those tools to really get better at it. Um, so I think that, yeah, that the, the, the kind of like the human aspect of our, our field, I think that's something that I've been developing and, 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 and loving the way more than the, the, just the physical, um, aspect of it. Awesome. And then next one, we've just touched on it a little bit, but what, what would you say? And I've got a feeling I know what you're going to say with this one, but what's the best bit of CPD you've done recently? Ah, uh, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think the Altus, I think where I went to Altus right before COVID, I went to Phoenix and spent some days there and I had so much fun just kind of their brains they're just like they're so smart you know and it's like how how do you guys see that and kind of going through that process especially with Dan and and kind of like how to develop the coaching eye like tell me like wow what are things and and kind of going through that I'm still do it every day like you know practicing video analysis watching video every day and going forwards backwards seeing things and um, that's been pretty cool. I think since I, I went there with those, with those guys and they just put so much good information out there and it's definitely have really guided me to be a better coach, um, with all those tools. Awesome. And then final ones, Evie, this, this is the same sort of question for two different types of people. So what do you think the most important trait is to have as a coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of the, the same as we talked about, I think is the developing a relationship with your player and, and the human aspect and not be afraid to break the rules that we talked about, about, mm-hmm. oh, don't, don't be close to your players, you know, don't go sit down coffee and have coffees. I think that that's something that I learned because when you work at NCAA and, and, and colleges, there's all those rules that coaches cannot, you know, interact mm-hmm. with players outside and it, for me it was really a weird transaction from that to the professional world which is like you know you can have conversations with your players you can sit and have coffees with them which i understand the rules but it's just like puts everybody in like in a, a wall or mm-hmm. this is professional this is personal but um it's definitely a big trait to just be able to sit down and, and share and if, and and show them who you are more than what the coach that you are there's more to it right and i think that's kind of where you develop the trust it's where when when you start talking about what what is important to you as a coach and as a person like your values and a lot of times you align to the the player or not but you, you know it's just a really cool and important aspect of it awesome and then just to flip that for the player so what do you think Thinking about some of the players, I mean, you've worked with some of the best in the world, but what um, what's some of the most important traits of those players, do you think? I think open-mindfulness, like being open-minded to, because, I mean, if you see the professional players especially, they, they've been through so many different coaches, so many people talk, telling them what to do, and sometimes it's hard for them to really, you know, keep, like, doing things that others are telling them to do but like sometimes just being open-minded and seeing like you know try this out see if you like it if you you know and be professional truly professional uh which is 
something that's outside of training right like mm-hmm. how how do you prepare your body like do you do you have your your sleep hygiene routines do you you know and and make sure they they listen to to we know that this might help them if it doesn't help them it's fine but at least you you try you're open-minded to something so i think that's important brilliant Evie, this has been ace catching up. It's been really cool to get you back on and uh, secure that hat trick. But yeah. if anyone wants yeah. to get in touch, and especially um, you mentioned a few times about the young coaches that you're mentoring, is yeah. there room for people to, to get in touch about that? Um, and it, it, where's the best place if people just got questions as well? Yeah, definitely. So um I have my website, evicasagrande.com, where all my mentorship stuff is there, a little bit about, about me, uh, information there. And I've been posting a lot of things on Instagram, just kind of like helping coaches with, you know, some everyday topic and kind of bridge that gap between theory to practice, which is extremely important. So I'm trying to, to be um, to generate a lot of content in that way to help coaches. Um, yeah, so Twitter. Instagram and my website, I think the best, best ways to reach. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for coming back up. It's been great to catch up. And it's a pleasure as always. Awesome. And we'll, we'll do another one very soon. All right. Thank you so much. Awesome, Evie. Take care. Thank you. Huge thank you to Evie for coming back on the podcast. It was great to catch up with her. Um, and it's great to hear everything that she's got going on and been working on. Um, obviously, there's been some huge changes, not just in her career, but her life. And it was great to talk through all of those and all the sort of challenges that she's faced. But just initially, one thing that I always take away from speaking to Evie is just her mindset, just the way she approaches things. Um, you know that she's going to be successful in whatever she does and whoever she works with because it's just you can tell some of these people we speak to um, they just have a completely different mindset to others um, and very much like a growth mindset. She's definitely going to go on to to great things um, like she has done already. So it was amazing to catch up with her. Um, if you're not following Evie already, which I'm sure many of you are, go and search for her on Twitter, Instagram. She's one of the best accounts out there in terms of the information that she's puts out. Um, and she's also got her mentoring business that she's now set up. So anyone that's looking for any mentors out there, then um, I massively recommend that you hit up Evie and go and check that out as well because her experience and her knowledge is second to none. And we've talked about it loads in recent podcasts, the importance of a mentor. And Evie's talked about it time and time again with her mentors as well. We spoke about it with Dawn Scott too. Um, So go and check out her business. But in terms of takeaways, um. I think one of the biggest ones for me was where she used the roadmap analogy. Um, so the, I think she used the phrase, the roadmap is never perfect. And there's, al- there's always, um, we always end up taking back roads, I think that she said. And that is exactly what she's talked about in this podcast in terms of, she's obviously got an end goal in mind, but things get thrown up, these obstacles get in the way and it's how we deal with those. And when we come to these challenges, how we come across them and the sort of mindset that we take Um, in these situations as well and that sort of links into the next takeaway is she used the phrase what can I control and I think when if you ask yourself that question in any sort of situation or environment that's really powerful 
because we we focus on what we can actually control rather than things that are out of our control. And I think this year especially has sort of defined that for a lot of people. And then the to- where she talks about the toolbox, that COVID has given the opportunity to grow her toolbox and add to her toolbox, which I think everyone has done in some way, shape or form. And the opportunity to develop, she spoke about the opportunity to develop. Now, all of us have opportunities to develop numerous times throughout the year, but it's taking um, charge and, and taking grip of those opportunities and making making sure that we make the most of it out of them as well. So loads of takeaways in this one, and it always is from watching Evie speak and speaking to Evie. Um, so please reach out, let us know what you took away from the podcast and if you're not following Evie, go onto her social media, Twitter and Instagram and search her name, um, which is Evie Casagrande. So if you search I-V-I-C-A-S-A-G-R-A-N-D-E. Um, so go and search for Evie and give her a follow and also reach out to let her know um, what your biggest takeaways were from this episode as well. But thank you again for all your support and for everybody for listening. Just make sure you subscribe. So subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, and you can also subscribe over onto the YouTube page as well. And I really appreciate all your listens and all your shares. And I'll speak to you again next week in episode 111.